Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Arizona Cardinals forgot to show up for the playoffs. Who's to blame in Dallas? Plus, how do the Nets survive without Kevin Durant? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Arizona Cardinals season is over after the first Monday night football game in wild card history. At least that wasn't because of a Christmas holiday. That is a real thing. You can Google it. The Arizona Cardinals fall to the LA Rams 34 to 11. Joining me now, the intrepid hosts of Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy and Bo Brock. And Bo, let's start with you. There, there's going to be a lot of talk about Kyler Murray and his performance. He was dreadful in this game. There's going to be a lot of discussion, I'm sure, on your podcast about Cliff Kingsbury. Specific to this game, where did this go wrong for a team that for much of the season really looked like they had a chance to be a serious NFC contender? Yeah, this team just didn't show up to play, and they didn't show up to play for the most part down the stretch of the season that they had something to play for and, and what they didn't understand what was on the line. And it started with obviously your head coach and it starts with your quarterback and it was an embarrassment. I mean, it's one thing to embarrass yourself in front of Peter Bukowski, Bo Brock <laughs> and Alex Clancy, but you embarrassed yourself in front of the Manning brothers, the Manning cast. They had to search for content throughout the show. This game was so bad because the Rams dominated from start to finish and there was no area that the Arizona Cardinals that you can deem a success from the Monday night playoff massacre. Yeah, Alex, uh, Bo was on the, sh the show yesterday talking about, you know, look, if you put this into context before the season, you'd have said, okay, well, a playoff berth from this team, that's growth with, with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. But in the middle of the season, they're really moving. And so now the expectations have to be recalibrated. So how do you qualify this season? How do you describe this season now that we've seen all of it? I mean, like... An embarrassment, okay. like still like, and, and this is, let, let me qualify this way. Like Bo's been a lot more level-headed about this than I have over the course of the season. But if you start 7-0, you start 10-2, and and you can't even clinch a playoff game on your own, you had to have Big Daddy Sean McVay do it for you and then get abused at a, in a playoff game on the road against said Sean McVay, that's an embarrassment. There is a happy-to-be-here aura around Phoenix. Bo hates when I say that, but it's true. The Cardinals have been happy to be here since Week 12, and it's apparent now when they're kicking rocks down, down the sidewalk when they were the overall number one seed for a handful of weeks in the middle of the season. Alex, the perfect question for you as we finish up here. Kyler Murray finishes 19 of 34 for 137 and two interceptions. For my money, it is the worst performance by a high-quality quarterback since, like, Jake DeLome we're talking about 10, 12 years ago. You have been a critic of Cliff Kingsbury all season. Mm -hmm. Who does this game reflect more poorly on among those two? Both. You have to say both. You have to say both. And the reason why you say both is in this rare, in this rare situation, they were a package deal. Kyler Murray taking number one overall. The Cardinals were the only team that was going to do that. You know, maybe save the Raiders if John Gruden wanted to get weird that year. 
They hired Cliff Kingsbury to draft Kyler Murray to elevate him to QB1 status and to make this offense a powerhouse. Not only has this offense not been a powerhouse, the defense has been carrying this team for the better part of two years. And Kyler Murray, even though through the first half of this year looked like an MVP candidate, which he truly did when it really mattered, Cliff Kingsbury failed him, in my opinion. It's on Kyler tonight. It's on Cliff overall, in my opinion. Bo doesn't necessarily agree, but I got to answer the question. Yeah. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, who shoulders the blame in Dallas? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Mike Mayock has been fired as general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders after three tumultuous seasons that produced a combined record of 25 and 24, the team's first playoff appearance since 2016, and only its second since 2002 plus dealing with numerous on and off field controversies. The Raiders have already begun the process of finding his replacement, requesting an interview with New England Patriots director of player personnel, Dave Ziegler. They hired Mike Mayock, gave John Gruden all the power, and then blamed Mayock when it didn't work out. Yep, that seems about right. Already playing through a torn ligament in his right thumb, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo suffered another injury in Sunday's victory over the Dallas Cowboys. This time, Garoppolo is dealing with what Kyle Shanahan called a slightly sprained right shoulder. That is, of course, the shoulder that he uses to throw a football. Pretty important for a quarterback. According to Shanahan, the injury occurred in the second quarter. Garoppolo should be ready to go against Green Bay, where it could be single digits for much of the second half. In fact, Shanahan believes Garoppolo will be able to practice when the team resumes sessions later today. The Cleveland Cavaliers have won five straight and are tied in the win column atop the Eastern Conference. Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs podcast. After the Cavs beat the Brooklyn Nets 114-107 to on Monday afternoon in a snowy, snow-ravaged Cleveland, Ohio, with the win, the Cavs now are at 27 wins on the season. Right now, that has tied them with other teams, including Brooklyn, including the Chicago Bulls, who they plan Wednesday for the most wins in the Eastern Conference. Who knows what comes next for the Cavs? Who knows where they're going to go from here? But they have Darius Garland, they have Evan Mobley, they have Jared Allen, two, if not three, bona fide All-Star candidates, and they're in the very thick of the top of the East here. They just dueled the Brooklyn team. They yes, didn't have KD, but got outstanding minutes from Kyrie. James Harden was doing James Harden things, and the Cavs got it done. Came up with stops late, and Darius Garland, fresh off an Eastern Conference Player of the Week win, did some very impressive things down the stretch to kind of keep the offense going and keep things moving. All in all, the Cavs are in a great spot. They just beat their over, which is 26 and a half, with this win as well. Things could not be better for Cleveland right now. Again, 27 wins, and they were tied for the most in the East. Who would have thought that? That's where we'd be in the middle of January. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. As the second round of the NFL playoffs gets kicked off next weekend, the Green Bay Packers will host the San Francisco 49ers. BetOnline likes the Packers by five and a half. The Tennessee Titans got to sit back and watch the wild card weekend along with Green Bay. Now they face the Cincinnati Bengals and Joey Burrow. BetOnline.ag for this has the Titans favored by three and a half. And the two teams that each had huge blowouts in wildcard weekend, the Bills and the Chiefs, they face off. The betonline.aging line for this game is a scant two and a half in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today 
and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. Former Dallas Cowboy and Locked On NFL insider Isaiah Stanback joined Arcanani Stevens to take another look at what went wrong with Dallas and who is to blame. When you look at the rosters, the Cowboys have everything in their favor seemingly, but was it just coaching? Was it a little bit of non-production from your stars? What did you see out there for the Cowboys that they didn't quite get done? Yeah, and that's one of the, the biggest disappointments, right? Dallas, I think Dallas, if you took a poll around the league and asked, hey, who has them, the greatest personnel, the biggest personnel on this uh, in the league, I think most teams would say Dallas. This roster was stacked. So as all the people that are out there for the past years saying, you know, Jerry Jones needs to step down or Jerry Jones isn't doing what he's supposed to do, he did exactly what he was supposed to do as a general manager of this team by putting together a roster and a coaching staff that was absolutely immaculate. These players offensively, defensively were stacked. The coaching staff, you put the two top coaches, your head coach and your assistant head coach, have both won Super Bowls. Um, and your assistant head coach, Dan Quinn, has lost a Super Bowl as well. So you had that perspective and you prepared this, this team, this organization for success. Unfortunately, when they showed up yesterday, they just didn't take care of business. I would have to put a lot of the a lot of the blame on Kellen Moore on this offense. Uh, they have, for the last second half of this season, have just not been that productive. I know people are going to look at the stats and say this is the number one offense around the league, and the stats tell one story. The execution tells something totally different. This offense has been sputtering. The offensive line hasn't been protecting. There has been no sign of a run game. They have two of the two really good running backs, obviously, in Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Um, this passing game has really fluttered as well. Dak seemingly hasn't been connected with his receivers. And then on the flip side, defensively, you know, Dan Quinn and that, that defense got busted in the mouth, almost as if they didn't know what was coming, but they did respond. And you would, you would expect any team, if you came into the playoffs and say, hey, with this roster, Dallas Cowboys, can you score 24 points? Most people would say, yeah, and that would be enough to obviously holding the, the 49ers offense at 23 points would typically be enough. Unfortunately, with the inefficiency and the ineffectiveness last night of the offense of the Dallas Cowboys, it wasn't. Ended up not going in the Cowboys' favor. Yep. Going forward, what does this team need to do? I mean, the, the personnel is there, right? So is it just, you know, getting on the same page? What's going on? You know, okay, I would like to say that the personnel is there, but the personnel was there for the 2021-22 season. The 2022-23 season, there's a lot of question marks, and that okay. comes in the form of this of this roster. You know, this team had a lot of one-year contracts, a lot of prove-it years, prove-it guys on the roster. Now you're going into an offseason where 22 of your 55 active guys are now unrestricted free agents. You're talking about guys like Keanu Neal, Vander Esch, Michael Gallup, some of the key contributors to your team. Um, you're also going into an offseason where now – Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are going to be interviewing with almost every available head coaching position around the league. So now are you going to have your offensive coordinator? Are you going to have your defensive coordinator who came in and seemingly uh, came in and instilled his will and instilled his culture upon the Dallas Cowboys organization? It was received well. Now you're left to see, hey, what is it going to be? What's our, our roster going to look like? And what is our identity going to be going into next season? A lot of question marks. Nobody really knows the answers, but these next couple of weeks will be very telling. Isaiah, we've been talking the last week about all those open jobs. Obviously, Kellen Moore has done a lot, but then kind of sputtered towards the end of the season. Do you see him getting a new job or do you think he'll be back in Dallas? I think he'll have a lot of opportunities to interview, but I think I don't I'm not sure at this point in, in, in time in his career uh, that he's ready to lead men. 
Right now, he's been leading, uh, you know, young men in the form of players. But when you step into that head coaching position, you're now expected to lead the men that lead the other men. And I don't think that he's respected in that light yet around the league. I don't think that he would have. I don't think that he even has the locker room um, underneath his umbrella right now with the Dallas Cowboys. So to go out and expect him to now seemingly, uh, you know, obviously overthrow an entire organization would be a tall task. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that he's ready for that opportunity yet. But he will be granted the opportunity to go out there and interview get get that experience underneath his belt but i don't see him leaving the cowboys at this point in time for more from isaiah on the cowboys subscribe to the locked on nfl youtube page coming up how do the nets survive without kevin durant today's episode is brought to you by our friends at built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthy, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the protein bar you actually want to eat. I had one today. I did before I worked out. I had one. I needed a little jolt. I needed a little something in my stomach. I don't know about you, but that's what I need in my stomach. I need I need to have something. Some people like to work out hungry. I never understood it. I'm the exact opposite. I don't want to work out full, but I don't want to work out hungry. I want to work out satisfied, satiated, and then work up an appetite and go eat again, usually. We've got new opportunities for you to try all kinds of great flavors at Built Bar. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and a promo code. Built.com, use the promo code LOCKS15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Brooklyn Nets had Kyrie Irving back on the floor on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. James Harden also out there. The problem, Kevin Durant not out there. They fall to the Cavs, 114-107. The outcome, not the big story here. It is Kevin Durant's injury. He's out six to eight weeks. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht and Adam it seems silly to even say how big an injury is losing arguably the best player in the league. So how do the Nets maintain? How important is it that they maintain this this upper echelon spot while KD gets back to healthy? Yeah, the positioning piece probably goes out the window at this point in lieu of Kevin Durant getting healthy. The funny thing is when you look at the Eastern Conference, they, they lose the game to the Cavs, which actually had a lot more positives in it than maybe you would expect in the first game without Durant. but Cavs came into the day two and a half games out of the top spot. So how far the Nets may shuffle and fall in the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference? Probably as low as six, maybe. But all that matters now is health. So navigating these times, running heavy with rookies, being excited that Kyrie Irving looks like he's in midseason form after being back for three games. This is, I think, where you have to lean your attention to because the Kevin Durant injury stinks. He is one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. And obviously, you're uh, you're better with him than you are without him. So you just you put that in the back of your mind for the next <laughs> six to eight weeks and try to focus on the other things. Well, the crazy thing about this is, as you mentioned, there are six teams in the top six, all within two and a half games of that top spot. Currently, Chicago um, holds that top spot. Uh, they're up there with Miami. Brooklyn is sitting in number three. Cleveland in that fourth spot with with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks right behind them. And then Philadelphia, they have a trade to make as, as well. So what are you looking for then over the next two months from this Nets team 
that'll that'll make you feel like, okay, when Durant comes back, now it's time. Yeah, I think, again, even inside of this game, you you got a sample size of what they can accomplish, uh, including this loss. 16-4 and four are the Nets with just Kyrie Irving and James Harden and no Kevin Durant. So they've already shown, that's going back to last year, obviously, that they can win without Kevin Durant. Arguably, some of the pieces they have around those two stars are better this year than last year. You want to see them lean probably into the rookies. Kessler Edwards is in the starting rotation. Confirm that he can do that with consistency going forward. Find out if Claxton, LaMarcus Aldrich, and Dayron Sharp can form this rotation that can be effective on a matchup-to-matchup basis. Um, but, but really, uh, the biggest thing you want to see is not overtaxing Kyrie Irving or James Harden. Uh, you know, you, you talk about the standings. I don't think they'll fall farther than sixth, probably, over this absence of Kevin Durant. And now, with the injury, all you care about is health. All you care about is being 100% and ready to go for the playoff run. Would you prefer not to be in bad matchups against the Milwaukee Bucks in first-round series? Of course, but you're going to live with that now. Once you take an injury like this, you say, give me health and I'll deal with the results. It's just unfortunate that this has become a theme over this big threes run here where we've never fully been able to get excited about what the possibilities are. And finally, Nets guard Kyrie Irving made clear Monday that his stance regarding the COVID-19 vaccine will not change in the wake of Kevin Durant's knee injury that is expected to sideline him four to six weeks. Irving is unvaccinated and therefore ineligible to play at home because of local mandates that all professional athletes playing in New York City public venues be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Irving said that no injury or other circumstance would compel him to change his mind emphasizing repeatedly that he stands rooted in his decision. (sighs) Yeah. Coming up Wednesday, we start to look ahead at where the upsets will come in the divisional round. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.